welcome to the Better People Podcast. I'm Margaret Yurick, and in today's episode, we're talking to Jillian Moulton, CHRO for JW Player. Jillian, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. So, Jillian, I always like to ask our guests to share whatever it is they think is um, most important from their background, what they think our listeners might really be most interested in hearing uh, about their HR journey. So, what would you like to share about uh, how you got to where you are today? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, the majority of my HR career has been in the uh, you know startup or technology or media space. So a lot of my my growth has been within kind of fast growth, scalability, very much a technology focused um, uh, culture. But um, I think for me, I'm always looking to create an environment where anybody can grow and contribute. And it's really clear how they can grow and contribute. And then also using metrics to make sure that I'm gauging that from a third party kind of point of view. So um, I know you and I are going to have a really great conversation today about um managers, manager development, and really the love that your people have for your managers. And you just a moment ago mentioned data. So um, I know you just completed a midpoint engagement survey, which is a great data point. Yes. Um, so tell us about that. How did that, what were, what were you, what did you see, I guess I should say, in the scores that you got there? Yeah, so we do a semi-annual, so we do it twice a year. Um, we just switched it from January and July to April and um, October. Um, and so this is our mid-year uh, uh, engagement survey. And we found actually, we were kind of expecting to have a little bit of a disengagement because of there's been a lot of events that are happening, you know, not only in the last six months, but also in the last four years. Um, oh, and really? So, have there been things going on in the last four years? I know, yeah, I know. Uh, just a few things, just a few things. Just a few things. Um, yeah. So, so we were kind of prepared for that, and and what we found is actually, um, you know, essentially mainly static goodness, or in some cases increases, which which we considered a win. Um, where we always want to see, you know, going to the moon. Sometimes it's just staying where you're at is a really healthy based place to be, but. Um, in general, all of the scores for our management categories where people talk about their managers were 85 and above on a scale of 100. So that was that was really great to see. And so um, just out of curiosity, from an industry standard standpoint, like, is that an above average type of score? Yeah, from, from, yeah from what I'm aware of, you know, if you're in 50, you're in the probably need to look at improvement in your in, if you're in the like 60 to 80, you're good. But anything above 80 and based on you know what I've seen in my career is is excellent. It's it means people are engaged, they're 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 happy with, you know, we have questions like when decisions or goals changed, um, my direct manager provides enough context. And you know, that is a score above 85, that is good for me, right? And that can be hard in a really fast moving and a very tumultuous time. So that's why you say that your people really love your managers. I mean, a score of 85 is awesome, which I kind of thought. Um, but so, so yeah, it would seem like love is a great word to use to describe how your employees feel about their managers. So why do you think that is? Uh, I think a lot of it is um, the, the people that we, that we have in those positions are great people. So I like, I want to give credit to where credit is due on individuals, but in addition to that at JW player, I think there's really two components that help us 
create, you know, maintaining structure where we have good management. One of them, I think, is um, we have a program called Leadership Lab, which is a management training program. It's been around for a while. It originally started as essentially just like a focus group or a meeting for managers to get together and talk about issues that are consistent. And this was like cross-functional. Cross-functional is big, a big part of that program. And now we've developed to have training, coaching. We have executive sessions where executives are able to give managers a point of view. And what we find breeds out of that is a bit more autonomy for managers. It also provides responsibility, which I think is then the culture of what we see is, is managers at JW Player are considered you know, with the authority that comes with management comes the responsibility of the weight of it. And you can't take that responsibility if you don't have the knowledge that can allow you to understand compensation, conflict management. And these are all things that like you're not innately born with. I mean, if you are wonderful, but I think they're also, it's always helpful to get some context and coaching on how to deal with those situations. So it isn't so much scary. It's more of like, okay, here's my practice. Here's what I'll go in with. And, and because of that, I think a lot of feel, people feel like they can be direct with their manager, open with them. Um, we also went through a very um, big training on DEI to you know, empower managers to see people with equitability. Uh, and I think that has been really good. We've also seen in our DEI results and our engagement that our managers have great scores on you know, being able to understand diversity and inclusion uh, you know, tenants and things like that. So I just had a question and it slipped my mind. Hold on, it's going to come back to me. Um, it will come back to me. And it was regarding, um, oh, it was the whole player coach conversation that we were having earlier. Yeah. And um, so I know for so many of our members, the, the managers within, within those organizations really are in that player coach role. They're doing both. And I think that's really hard for individuals, especially when what they're really and still not naturally good at, but what they're already trained at doing and do well is the player role. And right. so that's where it's going to be most comfortable. That's where it's going to be easiest for them to focus on because it's it's going to just come easier to them. The yeah. coach role um, is harder. It's new for a lot of them. They've never been in that role before. And if they don't have the training, it's really tough. So I know you've recently at least I believe it's somewhat recently switched up how you handle that with your managers. So what does it look like for you guys? Yeah. So I think when we were a smaller company, like we're, we're today, we're 300 when we we're about 150, which we're still relatively small, but when we were about 150, it was very common to have a player coach. And it was actually almost something that we looked for when we were hiring for managers, especially like on our engineering organization, we're like, you need to be a technician and a people person, which is hard to find sometimes. I think they call that a unicorn, but yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, I was chasing a lot of unicorns for many years. Yes. Um, and now that we've grown in size, but also a big contributor to this, we've grown globally. So now we have offices in the US, the UK, the Netherlands, Macedonia, and Singapore. And some of our managers now, and a lot of them are managing multiple regions. And I think what comes with that is a need to distance yourself from the uh, the player, not only because of time zones, which are just like a physics problem, um, but also uh, from the standpoint of delegation and really needing people to be autonomous. And then the remote work environment, I think, has put a big stress on managers that pulls you more to being a coach, right? Um, I think the pandemic brought up a lot of work-life balance, mental health stuff, understandably. And so managers kind of had to step into that coach that, that muscle was needed. That area needed to be filled. 
Um, and so that's where I think now at JW Player, we are indexing a little bit more on coach than we are on player. The player is still there. I think we always, we, we want to be in there, but we do have a need for coaches more than we have before. Would you say, and you might not be able to answer this because you might not be tracking it this way, but would you say that that focus on the coach role now um, more so than ever ha- is showing up in those higher scores in your engagement surveys? Like, do you think it's having that positive impact? I hope so. That's my, I mean, it's, that one's a hard to like trajectory nail, but um, you know, our questions in the DEI section are also related to feeling like belonging, feeling like you can, your colleagues respect you, feeling like you can speak your mind. And I think that in a remote environment, that becomes a lot harder to feel like you belong. It becomes, you know, you you there's a there's kind of a a crafting to to the way that you approach it because it's a video rather than in person. Um, but yeah, I think that that coach thing, you saw it like the coaches who really or the managers who really floundered probably were the ones who were more players. And I think also the this the the situation we're in has really called out the people who are like. I got into management because I saw it as a career path, not necessarily as a desire. And now we can say, okay, that's fine to say, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And just give us some time and we can manage that. I think having an openness about I went the wrong way is never a wrong thing. And in general, managers, I think it's really good for them to be able to say, I don't know. I don't know if this like, you know, and then go all, but I'll go find out. I think a good manager can be willing to say, I don't know, you know, or just listen and then say, hey, you know, if you need anything, I'll go find something, bring it back to you. You don't have to be player, coach, therapist, all of that stuff. As long as you're a good listener, you're probably a good manager. Yeah. You know, but saying I don't know is really hard for a very skilled player because they're used to knowing, they're used to having the answers. And so that's really hard, I think, on their their ego and their self-esteem to be able to say, I don't know. And it just doesn't come naturally. And I also think they just, as much as I think that the culture of an organization may say it's okay to say, I don't know, it takes a long while to change that mindset and be like, yeah, it actually is okay for me to say, I don't know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think getting our managers to to understand actually how good that really is. Like what a great skill that is as a leader to be able to say that and then find the answer and go back and and share the correct answer. Um, So I love that you bring that up. Yeah. One thing I might say on that, just to kind of take that, that thread a little bit is I also feel like managers sometimes, especially young managers miss the opportunity of allowing their team to answer the questions for them out of their fear of saying, I don't know. And I think it's a real blessing if you as a manager can like somehow manage that ego and that fear of being wrong and and saying, you know, hey guys, what do you think? Um, because I think that can be really empowering to the team itself. So many reasons. And have you read the book, The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay-Stanier? I don't think I have. So really short, um, extremely witty. He's an excellent author, um, but it's, it's called The Coaching Habit. Say more, wait, ask more questions. Ask more, say... All right, I forget what the rest of it is, but it's the coaching habit. And that's the whole premise. And it's really to help leaders become more coach-like in their approach. And it's all about asking more questions. So it's asking more, telling less. It's exactly what you were getting at. It frees you up as a leader. It helps, you know, it saves you time and it really builds up the people that that work for you. So I would really recommend it. And maybe something you could even build into some of your focus groups with um, with your leadership lab. Yeah, it's funny. So, like, 
succession, I think is a scary word, but in a way that the act of just having somebody answer a question is a way of developing succession, which I feel like is so important. Absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to go back on, unless you wanted to spend more time on this thread, no, I'm good. <laughs> um, but sort of related to this thread, and I'm going to get to it. You had mentioned managers being able to say, you know what, I thought this was the path I needed to be on to um, continue in my, to grow in my career, but I don't really like it. And it's not suited for me. And this isn't what I want to do. And you're saying that's okay for them to say that within your organization. Absolutely. Yes. Are, you, are you creating a different path than for them? Or is there a different path where they can continue to grow, not necessarily by being a people leader? Yeah. So in our engineering group specifically, we have job levels and a career growth framework that is dual. So we have the, the path of the manager, if that's your desire. And then we also have, so you can become a senior engineer and then you can become a staff, a principal, which is, you know, and, and the idea is that the staff is going deep, 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 a technician who goes deep and a principal that has depth, but also has that broad impact, but they're both individual contributors. And we also have that on our SMS side. So the the biggest thing we want to do is chart the path so people can feel empowered to say, this is not the path for me, and that there's no shame in it either. Like at our company, um, I think our managers are important, but so are our ICs. Like we are also in a technology, our video technology has a lot of technicians and like specialized knowledge. So it really leans itself into saying, go be the special ops person that we have drop into a special deal, you know, that needs this information about broadcasters or something. But um, I think at JW Player, it's really important to allow people the ability to say, I don't think this is it. And also give them the time to be like, I didn't feel like it was it yesterday. And then like, maybe, oh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Like, I think, you know, sometimes people have a bad day. They can come with that. I'd say, please bring it, but also think on it for a month. And if it's still there, then let's talk about how we can do it. And my only ask I would say in those situations is give it time. We'll probably not be able to turn on a dime in that situation, but we can make plans over, you know, three to six months, depending um, to make that transition for people because an unhappy manager and is an unhappy team, um, let alone to say a manager of managers of managers, right? So, yeah. So you have shared already so much great stuff with us. And what I'm really hearing from you is a, uh, a very like people first culture. Yes. So yes. how would you describe or define the culture at JW Player? Yeah, it's something I'm proud of and that I feel like, you know, I've been at the company almost 10 years, so I can't say that I don't have my fingerprint on it a little bit too. Um, but I, it also is led, I think, by our, our CEO, Dave Otten. But I think it is a culture where it's, uh, you know, bring your expertise to the table and we want to respect that, but also bring the human too. Um, and, and bring it with all the, but as I said, like, even with the managers, bring your expertise and what responsibility comes with that. And we will have a mutual understanding about that. We also believe very much in transparency where we can, even if it's painful, like that's one thing I think that has helped us through the, the very tumultuous times we have is that we've always tried to be really open, uh, not talk about it the fastest, but talk about events and issues when we feel like we understand how we're going to approach them. Um, but that, that creates a culture of really like, if we share with you, we're giving you that responsibility to come to us with, you know, your whole self. And then we together as a group will move forward. And people are the lifeblood of our company. Like they are what our company is. So, and I'm also an HR, so I have a biased point of view, but that's my opinion. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, um, 
And, and I hear it when you talk that you're really passionate about what you do. And I think you should um, proudly claim that finger point you have on the culture of the organization. <laughs> I'm sure you're a big part of it. Um, so we've talked about a lot of great things already. And I know you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, and that is um, the virtual nature or the remote first uh nature of your organization now, and really the challenges that this brings. So when you think about those challenges, what are you, I guess, what what's most concerning for you about those challenges? It's, I think the biggest thing, and we talk about this a lot and with executives, with my team, is the feeling of connection. Like, um, before the pandemic, uh, JW Player was very similar to a lot of companies in that 75% of our staff went to an office on a mostly regular, and now we are pretty much fully remote there. We do have offices that people can go into two or three days a week, but in the, for the most part, we are remote. Um, and I think that um, that has made the job of the manager, just to tie back to that, so much harder because you don't have that next door thing. You have um, a lot of, and on top of the kind of journey that you're going to be player and coach and delegation, everything, you have this distance. Um, and then if you aren't like a documentation based person, that's something that is a skill set that you did, you did need to learn. Um, you needed to learn how to have discussions in Slack or in a chat based situation that have meaning. You needed to learn how to communicate in writing even more. Right. Um, because even though you can have a performance review like this, there's still a weird distance. You click off, you don't walk away and see that person at the water cooler. There's a real kind of like uh, disassociation. But it means also that like there's an opportunity in that too. So now you start writing better, you start communicating better, cross-team stuff happens. Um, we've implemented some tools that really help with that. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I would say the remote environment has created. The other thing is the component is that during the pandemic, JW Player acquired two companies in other uh, outside of the US. So we went also from being about 75% US based to now it's only 49 and the other 50% are distributed. Okay. So that's another thing that comes with remote first is also cultural. Uh, like, you know, if you're, if you're working with a, a new culture as well as being remote, I mean, it, it allows you to probably meet up a lot more easier, but there is, it's hard to read physical cues. It's hard, hard to communicate. So there's a, there's a hurdle that everybody manages a lot, but everybody has to kind of get over. And that's something we're wrestling with actively is how do we do it well? Um, how do we put the bounds for when we get together? And how do we keep that going when we're apart? So what are some things, I guess, that you've thought of so far, or what's something that you're excited to try to help support your managers with this new, and it's not new, but it's still somewhat new, right? This new way of working, this new virtual, um, having teams spread out all over, right? Virtually and, and in different time zones and in different cultures, as you just shared. Um, and I know, as we mentioned earlier, right, managing is hard. It's, it is hard work. And um, so what are, you know, with, with the thoughts that you've had around this and knowing that this is an issue for your people. Is there anything that you've, you want to try or that you've tried already or, you know, yeah, there's working? some things we're trying. I mean, some of them are budget uh, prohibitive, but like the, 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 the one thing that we're looking at right now is 
um, as we start to travel again, and, and you know, if we are able to get teams together, you know, the budget allows for it. How do we do it in a way that isn't just like siloed teams getting together randomly, but how do we get them to come together kind of at the same time? So where you can still have your breakout meetings, but you do mix and match with people that, that you know, may not be on your team. So that's something that we're looking at is are there access points through the year where we can kind of drive everybody to meet in, 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 an, in a location near to each other for a topic. So our sales kickoff is a big one that we always do. We have hack weeks with our engineering team that we're looking to broaden out to have um, people to get together at these same times so that we can cross pollinate. Like pro that's where you get like the magic happening. Yep. Um, separate from meeting in person, we've are, are already looked to expand the way we use our information access. So we use an, an internet slash, you know, um, uh, project management tool in the company that we've implemented that gives you the ability to present information well, but then also to track kind of like what are deliverables that you have going on without creating a big burden of redundancy. Like I have to track it here, 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 which I think was a, an emerging thing that happened out of the pandemic is you're like exhaustion from having to track things and communicate the same thing to so many people. So we've looked at ways of like, how do we centralize where standardization is? And then how do we kind of like give the ability to track things because tracking has become a big, big part of being a effective remote environment. Um, and then the third component that I would say is, is culturally. Um, so we have a lot of really active employee resource groups. We have a women in tech group. Um, it's Pride Month. So we have a, a very active, uh, you know, DEI committee that is doing things to, to bring people together. They'll do, they'll sponsor um, fireside chats where two people come together and just talk about their backgrounds, because that's how you can kind of like connect to each other. Um, when we've acquired companies, we have, um, you know, AMAs, Ask Me Anythings with their leaders. Um, we try to once a quarter have an open Q&A with our CEO, which is really just the opportunity, again, to lean into that transparency um, and also connect people to that, like the human side of it. Where did you come from? Where are you going? What is important to you? Um, yeah. That's so cool. So your AMAs. Um... What type of attendance were you seeing at those? We're actually seeing it. So what we actually do them in the same time slot for the most part. We either do them on a Friday, um, but because we've gone so global, that gets difficult. We'll actually take one of our town halls where we, we do um, every other week we do a town hall. We'll actually take one of those and make that the AMA. So people already have the time. So we actually have pretty good attendance in them. Yeah. That's awesome. So if I were to ask any one of your managers, why they, what is the, what do they value most that they get from you as an organization? Like, what is the thing that, um, that JW Player has done for them that helps them perform the way they do in their role? So, sorry, phrase that again. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a really long question. All right. <laughs> so what do you think your managers value most out of all the things that you do to support them and to help them be a good manager to help them be loved by their people? What do you think they would say it is? I think we listen. I hope they would say we listen. That's something that if it, that is something I, I hear uses a high litmus test is do they feel heard? Um, because they are, you know, they have some of the hardest jobs at our company. And if we're not listening to them, they're burning out. Because also I feel like the way that our culture is, is that we have a lot of really hard, hard workers. And so instead of having to be like, where are you? It's more like, go take a mental health day. <laughs> and so, um, I, I want to make sure people feel heard. I also, um, I hope they feel like they have the ability to reach out to, to, 
someone to help them, right? If you're caught in something, you don't know what to do. Do you feel like you can go to an executive in your group? Can you feel like you can come to me and I will actually do something? I won't just be like, mm, let's think about that. But I'll be like, how can I help you? What can I do to, to unblock that, reduce the challenge, make you think about it in a new way? Um, that's hope, That's the environment I hope um, I hope that I create. That's my, yeah. <laughs> that gets me up in the morning. Yeah. Well, there you go. And that's, I, I, I think that's a great answer. And I can see how important that would be for your managers, for all managers to feel that they have support, that they have somebody that does understand the work that they're doing, the struggles that they have, um, and that they know, you know, that they can go somewhere and get some support. So that's awesome. Well, Jillian, this has really been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it. Um, I have one last question for you. I could go on all day, but I have one last question for today. And that is, um, with everything that you've done, all the experience that you've had, what is one thing that you've changed your mind about? Oh, that's a great question. One thing I've changed my mind about. Hmm. I think maybe there was a period in my career where I got really data focused. Like we were talking about engagement. So I think data is great and it's a great part of it. But I think as I've gotten deeper in my career, um, it also comes with like the listening and the like listening to an individual point of view connected to the data. So context is king. Like where is somebody coming from? A lot of times we tend to be reductive, especially when really like, uh, you know, fast, moving fast, needing things. Um, but like, I think I've gotten, I think checking yourself is something that I didn't used to do. I might've gotten a little bit faster than I needed to. And I've gotten better at checking myself well by using other points than just data. I think that's really important. Somebody's comment, somebody, the way they approach a meeting, you can, mm, I don't know, there's something else here. And like being able to poke that fairly, I think. Yeah. So in coaching, we call that like the thing behind the thing, like really getting at what's going on and not staying surface, because if you stay at the surface level, you're going to miss a lot. So that's awesome. I, I love that that's been a lesson that you've uh, learned from. So again, Jillian, thank you so much for your time today. It was really great hearing about everything that you're doing at JW Player and to hear how well your managers are doing. I think that's a real inspiration to know that we can, we can support our managers. We can give them what they need and have them really, um, be the person they need to be for, for your employees. So a yeah. great example Thank for you. everybody. Thanks so, thanks so much for sharing it with us. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, we want to thank the sponsor of our show, the Mid-Atlantic Employers Association, more commonly referred to as MEA. MEA provides human resources services to hundreds of businesses across numerous industries every day, bridging gaps that restrain innovation and growth. If you need support around people issues, reach out to meainfo.org. Better people, better outcomes.